Welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. Tune in to a live discussion at 3 p.m. UTC every Friday. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. Here we here at discuss the most exciting industry topics with the best industry experts, influencers, and remarkable personalities. And today we're going to talk about the future of content and virtual avatars, a uh, topic that's, that's been getting, you know, great hype with different uh, industries. And, uh, you know, as we've seen over the past years, uh, users have changed their, you know, consumer habits, you know, therefore the content evolved and it's very interactive. And you, you can see that right now, even our guest as an avatar right so uh without uh, definitely you know the further ado like today you know we have a special guest preston Wu, who's a chief financial officer and head of strategy at tafi uh, and tafi is a company bringing the next level 3d art and tech to the metaverse with iconic brands like you know warner brothers coca-cola samsung louis Monet, and mallards hi preston hi how are you nice to meet you glad to be here nice to meet you. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you here, and uh, yeah, we're we, I'm sure we have um, uh, a lot of people who would love to hear your story and about your background. But before that, I just want to remind you that after we ask questions, you know, to Preston, like you know, then we have we can have interactive parts. So prepare your questions. Doesn't matter if you're connecting from YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live, Twitter, Facebook. Our moderators will collect the questions and we'll ask them directly to Preston. Uh, so. Preston, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your journey, like, you know, and then we'll get straight to the virtual avatars topic. Sure, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll be brief on this one. So I'm the, as you mentioned, I'm the chief strategy officer and chief financial officer for a company called Taffy. We're also known as Daz 3D. Um, and so we, we have a couple different brands. Uh, the company's been around for 20 years, providing avatar tech and content throughout Web 1, Web 2, Web 3 millions of downloads uh, and users of our software uh, and a lot of different applications um, uh, of our avatar tech on mobile and gaming apps, uh, all sorts of things. Um, so I've been, uh, my personal journey, uh, I've been in tech for over a decade. So I've been the CSO, Chief Strategy Officer or Chief Financial Officer of uh, tech companies in the robotics space. Um, did a carve out of like Raytheon and brought, you know, exoskeleton tech to uh, you know, to, to industrial use cases from from uh, military uses, been in wireless, uh, so hardware, uh, software, um, cloud. Uh, I've also been an investor. I'm currently an investor as well, a tech investor for a couple of different uh, family offices. Uh, and so I've had a pretty varied background and just fell in love with um, uh, the metaverse and the avatar space uh, a few years ago. And uh, you know, convinced my way into uh, joining Taffy and Daz a couple years ago, and so um, you know it was a, it was a long process, uh, but uh, but convinced it that this is like, hey, this is what I think uh, the strategy could be, and here are some of the partners and uh, how I see the future of Web three actually as well. So that was that was a little bit of my journey, um, and uh, couldn't have been couldn't be more happy to uh, be part of this uh, great community. Perfect. No, that's definitely an interesting journey, and. Um, you know, you're focused on virtual avatars, which, you know, they have existed almost like, you know, a decade ago, like, you know, as long as, as long as the gaming were like, you know, and I, I was a gamer myself, you know, and I see that how it evolved, like, you know, the level of customization, like the, the things that you can customize your hairstyle, like you can be any character you want uh, and anything you want. So 
In your opinion, what are the biggest advantages of this new era of virtual avatars? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. So you're right, avatars have been around for decades, and kind of uh, Taffy and Daz, that my company has been part of that journey throughout. And a couple of the things that we've seen, there's probably two big advantages now that didn't exist even a couple of years ago um, that we've seen. Um, putting aside the, you know, uh, tech is always improving, the capabilities are always improving on the on the avatar side. Uh, two big differences, I would say, structurally that have changed. Uh, one is that you're seeing actual traditional brands um, entering the space. So you see brands like fashion and beauty and accessories and entertainment, even like CPG, uh, entering the avatar content space. So making um, the skins, the accessories, the wearables, uh, handbags, more uh, richer and, and more varied content. And um, as an aside, Taffy, we've played a big role in that. We brought brands like Champion, Estee Lauder, Batman, as you mentioned, Louis May, Coca-Cola into the avatar space, either through metaverse activations or even putting them into our NFT uh, avatar collections. So that's one, um, representing who you are in the digital space with brands that you love in the physical world has been a big uh, paradigm shift. I think the second big advantage and why we're on like uh, crypto bulls is actually um, the one where it's been a little bit more controversial for traditional brands, I would say, is the emergence of uh, Web3. So NFTs and blockchain and uh, um, Web3 uh, and digital asset ownership versus just digital content. Um, that's been a huge shift uh, that's really changed uh, the flip, the economics of avatars and, and, and skins and wearables and avatar content in the space. Um, so just as a quick aside, if you just look on OpenSea, for example, the most popular NFT collections are avatar collections and ones where people want to own their digital identity, um, own their avatar to use for profile picture or um, what I just showed like at the beginning, you know, like I, owning like avatars in the space. So those are two of the biggest uh, advantages today compared to before. So that's interesting. So right now we're we're talking about like one thing that we're we're seeing today is virtual avatars is you know they're we're using them as different marketing strategies for big businesses as you mentioned right. The companies transform and they try to be more active in this arena. They try to be fresh right and you know, up to date with uh, the technology and. You know, we 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 saw now we we see now like you know for example I don't know if you know this Zoid Veer like a fashion model which is you know completely like an like a virtual like you have virtual characters that are becoming like sometimes more popular than real human beings like so so what impact do you think this will have on consumers you know does it really change the rules of the game and how do you think we'll interact in the future? Yeah, yeah, no. So um, uh, just for some context, I'll I'll answer that question, but for some context, uh. Uh, we work with a lot of digital uh, virtual influencers. So um, our software and our content is, is used for uh, almost all the major virtual influencers. So these are um, completely virtual uh, avatars. Uh, they're not they're not based on, on, on real people. And so some of our partners like um, Shudu from the Digitals, uh, the first virtual supermodel is what she's called. And uh, she does uh, advertising for like Lexus and Samsung. Uh, we've created digital doubles. We just did one for um, a singer-songwriter called Grace Gaustad. She, uh, we helped to launch a multi-reality beauty brand with her, uh, and and her, and Christina Carlina, who founded Philosophy and Cody just a couple weeks ago. 
Um, so we're, we're very deep in the space. So just with that context, I would say um, if you're if people are paying attention, um, avatars and virtual avatars have already had a huge impact um, on consumers. And I think it'll only get bigger. Uh, companies are already using avatars. The, the um, example we just gave is to model clothing uh, to put on billboards on in Times Square uh, on, on uh, advertisements next to like Bella Hadid, for example. Um, they're already promoting their brands with uh, the virtual influencers. We have a good friend uh, called FN Mecca. He has, you know, 10 million TikTok followers and in, in, in promoting uh, brands. Or you're seeing TV shows being produced uh, where there's virtual avatars as judges or um, as the singers, like in the, the Fox show, like Alter Ego, for example. And so, um, or, or even if you if you're in customer service, I'm on you know, Alaska Airlines and I see uh, virtual uh, uh, avatar bots as, you know, my customer service help. So I would say uh, for consumers, virtual avatars are already having a big impact. I would say um, it's still a little bit, there's onboarding to do with cus uh, companies and with consumers too. So while it's already had a big impact, as the tech gets better, as content gets richer, as companies and consumers get more accustomed to it, I think it'll only increase, uh, you know, exponentially. Um, I'll just so, end on one so, thought. I, I, I was reading a McKinsey survey that said that 95% of business leaders expect the metaverse to have a positive impact in their industry. Um, and you can't have mm -hmm. metaverse experiences, immersive experiences without avatars. So I think that's that's a big deal. So obviously you already you already partially answered my 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 next question. And so I would ask you something different, which I, I think like, you know, just from the flow that we're touching upon, like it was interesting. Like you mentioned, so obviously avatars are already part of our life. It's not even a question. But what is interesting is a business model because in, in terms of in terms of uh, the models, as you mentioned, that are already advertising for big brands. So that means it's not that you, you mentioned it yourself. They, they're not part of like a real personality. That means that an agency, right? Probably modeling agency controls those avatars, right? Yeah. How would the revenues work? Because an avatar cannot negotiate a good compensation for themselves, right? So how would that even work? You know, maybe you can explain that. Yeah. I mean, so there are, um, there are virtual influencers on like Instagram and TikTok where there's a team behind them. Uh, creating and producing the content, so uh, there the economics are just like a like just like a an IRL person being a virtual influencer. They have to create that content. They have to get the followers, um, and uh, there's costs associated with that. And then they will charge brands, you know, whatever they charge. Uh, there's there's like a chart to see the more popular you are, how much more you charge to uh, promote brands. So there's that model where it really depends on how efficient you are in creating your content and getting that fan base and that follower base as a as a as a as an individual or as a team uh to create virtual influencers it's not necessarily modeled after yourself it could be fantastical um the second i would say is that agencies as as kind of you're alluding to and we've worked with uh several agencies they create their own uh you know uh virtual influencer or virtual avatars one of the one of our uh, favorite partners is a company called The Digitals with two I's, D-I-I-G-I-T-A-L-S, and they have a portfolio of virtual influencers. So they're responsible and they they act as a as a metaverse agency in a lot of ways. And so they will charge. Um, uh, there there's still cost to. 
creating that uh, model. There's still costs to animating it, to making them walk on fashion runways, and they will charge the fashion brand or the car brand uh, or the you know um, consumer electronics brand to be part of that billboard, be part in that uh, Vogue magazine article uh, or in um, you know in any type of fashion uh, uh, you know New York City Fashion Week type of thing. So so there's it, it, it right now um, it's basically modeled after a lot of the physical, uh, you know, physical costs, uh, you know, but I think in the future, as the technology gets, uh, you know, more user friendly, as companies can start doing it themselves, I think that'll shift a lot. I think that's what you're probably alluding to, Constantine, is like, in the future, when companies themselves can do it, and it's not, they're not reliant on agencies or teams of 3D artists or designers or, or, or developers, that's that's really going to be an interesting, uh, you know, employment model to watch. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, because right now what we're seeing is basically the content strategies they win. You know, like if you're able to generate good hype, you know, like and it, yeah, I mean because it's arbitrary of like how much do you like it's as you mentioned like I don't know like some top Victoria's Secret models, right? You know, they you understand why you pay a premium for let's say you know uh you know some 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 like a name that has already like you know some accolades and some reputation and like you understand that that this part now if it's a virtual avatar right you know so what's the difference between an one virtual influencer that has hundred thousand followers between the other right it's only the way that you can see engagement right and how they market it like so the agency basically controls this and it's like it can be four hundred dollar propose or four thousand uh, who knows right you know so so that's that's what's interesting so it's a very early stage but i think for people who are listening to us what's in, what's also more exciting this is a, a a completely like new business model if you if you're great at it like you can create your own like and, and may and basically make money you don't even have to be a real human being to do that just produce good content uh, which is fun um yeah yeah so you don't you don't have to win the genetic question, lottery like, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, again, in the avatar space, you actually need to to do a good rendering. <laughs> so that's, that's no, you don't have to have a good genetic uh, you know, lottery, like you know, in this, this world. So the, the, this is another thing that gives you an opportunity to be whoever you want to be. But it brings us to a different question, which is more concerning about the role of data and privacy protection, like you know, and the ethics between us. How? How do you how do you think it's going to evolve, like the personal data and the private data? Because people can take, let's say, the mix of I don't know, uh, Penelope Cruz and Angelina Jolie, just on top of my head, right? And then mix them together, and then the certain features will be very similar to a person who who is like real, and they can claim that, oh, by the way, I I'm not okay with this, right? You know, like, and so how would that work in your opinion, and who would protect this information? Yeah, I mean, you're already seeing, um, I've already seen on uh, social media, a lot of the deep fakes, for example, right? And so using uh, likeness of celebrities. So this is a, this is a, you know, a very, uh, it's a great and a legitimate question. Um, people can create avatars, uh, either stay anonymous, and then there's like privacy and ethics uh, questions about that, and, and a lot of positive, and I, I think out of, out of that as well. Um, but, um, you know, if you are able to uh, use the likeness of someone who doesn't want that. Um, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, you know, 
combat that if you're if you're that person and, and there's a lot of things that can be a lot of ethics and, and uh, privacy issues associated with that i would say it's still evolving um there was a lot of concerns not using likeness but in terms of like ethics uh when we entered web one and so a lot of the web two apps the social media companies the um the the fintech companies the uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the brands that that created the apps in, in Web two, uh, the gaming companies, uh, a lot of the policies, they they did a pretty good job of trying to balance privacy and ethics, and uh, you know, uh, respecting IP rights. I would say uh, we're seeing uh, some of that in Web three. You know, in the NFT space, um, you know, there's kind of a lot of self policing. I would say of um, of, of, of respecting IP rights and, 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 you know, being positive in the community. So I think those are good uh, mindsets and, and uh, attitudes in, that we're currently seeing in Web3. But certainly, um, you know, I'm not saying that's a solution, that, that th those are good principles. Uh, and, you know, my perspective is like, let's, let's try to strike the right balance, especially as we're entering Web3. Let's borrow some of the good concepts that were created in the Web2 world. Um, and, and and this is this is uh with any you know advent of great um you know uh, transformative tech um there are you know there's trade-offs too that we're going to have to mitigate and manage and so i don't have a great answer for you constantine it is certainly uh, a topic to uh you know an issue to consider and 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 us as we're shaping you know i, I would say um you know on the, on the show and, and people that are interacting in the space it's it's kind of uh we should do a good job in setting the table right um, as this as this new era comes comes to comes to fruition, hundred percent. Yeah, I understand. It's a, it's a tough question, you know, because if somebody yeah. would even fake you, and you would love yeah, to exactly. remove it, like I'm, even even as savvy person as you are in this space, there's not a lot of things you would be able to do, like you know, <laughs> to actually combat this, like you know. So, um, so yeah, it's there's there's pros and cons to open source and decentralization, right? So yeah, the separate conversation. So let's jump right into the questions from the audience. I think you know that's that's uh, that's another purpose of why we're doing this to make sure people can ask you directly some questions. So sure. I'm just gonna read them to you. Um, Nakamoto from YouTube is asking, hello, I have a question. Who decides what is the worth of virtual avatars? It is something specific for each platform. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really depends on the context and the platform. So if you're in Roblox, for example, and there's Metaverse, um, there's a certain uh, established price band that uh, the users of Roblox, and I'm just using that as one example, uh, will pay for like, hey, I want to upgrade my my uh, virtual avatar so I can uh, be more immersive in Roblox. And that's a that's a certain price point. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, you can have uh, in the Web3 space, in NFT space, like, a um, you know, there's avatar collection called the Board Ape Yacht Collection uh, or um, CryptoPunks. And those can sell for hundreds of thousands of US dollars equivalent um, or, you know, millions of dollars. And people are, are you know, want to be part of that community and want to display those avatars, um, you know, are willing to pay uh, a very large luxury premium. So there's two ends of the spectrum, and there's also free avatars. If you're uh, in the, uh, we have a free avatar um, uh, creator app for VR chat for virtual reality, and you want to in interact in that space, you can get a free avatar and, and free um, free content as well, and, and, and wearables and skins. So uh, to answer your question, 
you know, I think it, I think you answered yourself. It depends on the um, the the specific context or the specific metaverse or, or the digital world that you want to um, you want to interact in. Got it. Thank you for that. So, uh, next question is uh, from Emmanuel from YouTube. He's asking, I guess those virtual avatars will be NFTs, and what are the best ways of securing them in case of wallet breach? Um, there's a there's a, a couple question there's a, there's a couple things in that question. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. definitely a big application. The most popular. Uh, uh, types of NFTs right now, or, or the the highest selling ones, at least on um, our, our like profile picture collections, so avatar collections. So um, you know, I would also say right now there's probably less than three million uh, you know buyers of NFTs. Uh, you know, in, 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 but there's a lot more kind of that use it. Um, for example, there's a, a, a billion people that use a Samsung Galaxy device that, or, or emojis on. On, on Apple phones, there's, uh, you know, probably roughly that too, um, that, that use avatars in, in different ways. So uh, just, just separating that too, um, first of all. Uh, and then second, um, uh, second, yeah, in the NFT space, how do you secure your wallet from being breached? There's a lot of uh, best practices um, that, um, you know, happy to share, can't, can't share them all right now, but things like having, uh, you know, a hard wallet, cold wallet, like a ledger, um, wallet. They're one of our partners at Taffy and Daz. Um, that in itself uh, doesn't guarantee if you click on a bad link um, uh, and you sign your wallet and, and they can access it at a later point, even if it's a hard wallet. And so there are uh, several best practices uh, to uh, prevent um, uh, your, your wallet from being breached. Um, and so, you know, that, that's very important. And I think if you go on the Ledger uh, website, um, they can kind of walk you through a lot of that education. If you go in one of our discords, um, we always have a, a safety uh, a section and, you know, as a sub channel and discord. So there's a lot of big things, but, but right now that is certainly a concern that um, once it's been breached, like, what do you do about it? Um, and, and in the web three, in the current environment where it's, you know, there's not one single owner, there's not, it's not a, uh, a custodial uh, app. It's uh, it's it's decentralized. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's not much you can do about it, but it happens to a lot of celebrities. I you know Seth Green. It happened to, uh, and and there's there's challenges. The best way is prevention at this point uh, to to ensure best practices and in, in managing uh, your security well. I'm not. I'm. I don't want to mm -hmm. speak too much because I'm not. I'm not saying I'm the security expert in this space on the NFT. A lot of people at my company are. Um, and uh, a lot of companies are, are focused on that as well, like like Ledger. Tough question. I want to make sure people actually get what, what you know the answers. Right. They I'll be briefer. Yeah. So this is, I think, more more. Yeah, no, it's fine. So I listen. I appreciate the, the insights and uh, uh, this. I think you will be able to answer yours by yourself for sure. Like so, this is from Oz from YouTube. He's asking, "How did Taffy contribute to the shift of con uh, in content and the crypto industry? And can you name?" Uh, your achievements in the particular topic. Sure, in the in the crypto industry, um, we've been very active. Uh, uh, just as a very high level, uh, we provide end to end. Uh, I would say we've been very active in the NFT space. I'll, I'll put it there. So that's how we've been. Uh, you know, we've been contributing to the crypto market is is primarily right now through the NFT space, and we also do end to end uh, NFT 
activations, I would say they're bespoke. So everything from writing the smart contracts, we have developers to the avatar technology, um, the generative tech, we, we've helped create collections, for example, with Batman for 200,000 uh, unique um, generative uh, Batman cowls. Um, so everything from the marketing, uh, managing 24 seven discords and Twitter uh, to minting to launching to utility and roadmap providing you know in uh in-game experiences or in-app experiences uh to brand partnerships um we we kind of do all that end to end so um that's what our capabilities are some of our work products uh and we mentioned it at the very top of it was um for example we provided all the 3d files and, and, and 3d rigging and a lot of the solutions for our partners at Artifact CloneX. So that's one of the top five uh, blue chip NFT collections. There's 20,000 of them. Uh, they're very active in the space. They got acquired by Nike. Um, so a lot of people in the space are creating based on the 3D files we released on July 4th. Um, so that's one. Another one I, I alluded to is we worked with DC Comics and Palm NFT Studio to release um, a, a collection of Batman cowls. And so Batman is the most popular uh you know dc superhero out there they actually have billions of fans which is like amazing if you think about the world population um but that's that's another uh, you know contribution we made uh we've also released our own nft avatar collection uh called non-fungible people and that was designed um the avatars are uh women and non-binary so we wanted to make a social statement that um the majority of the crypto and nft community are uh, predominantly um, uh, male of a certain demographic, and we wanted to open it up and make it a more inclusive metaverse. Uh, and saying like, "Hey, we stand for um, uh, you know allowing uh, different uh, groups and minorities, uh, people that are uh, physically challenged that have different uh, conditions uh, into the metaverse and see an avatar that looks and feels like them." Uh, so that was one of our contributions. We've also helped bring a lot of large brands into the NFT space. Uh, from most recently, we have a drop going tomorrow uh, with Coca-Cola and Friendship Day. Um, we've done things with Estee Lauder for beauty. We've helped launch uh, multi-reality beauty brands uh, like Baycup Beauty, uh, Louis Monet Super Watches. We brought them into the NFT space as well. Those watches in real life cost you know half a million dollars. We made them much more accessible in the NFT format. Uh, we can get them you know for less than an ETH type of thing. Um, so those are those are some of the examples. I'm sure I'm missing a number, but we've had over a dozen NFT activations this year. Can I can I can I buy uh, for one ETH um, uh, Lemonable watches? I would love that physical. No, not a physical one. <laughs> but but uh, we there was a raffle for two physical watches out of the okay. thousand uh, drop that we did. Uh, with the, no, that doesn't that doesn't physical. count. I know that doesn't count. I was I hoping to get one, but I was excluded. Yeah. Um, and then we also okay. have uh, okay. uh, just a one one uh, one more comment. We have a, a drop coming online uh, at 12 p.m. noon Pacific time of an avatar collection of 500 qubits on Coinbase. So what we did there is called Scaredy Qubits. If you go to Coinbase NFT Marketplace, um, they're doing exclusive drops. Um, they have a retail presence of uh, tens of millions. If you open up their app. And we brought one of our artists in our DAS community called Mizu. Um, he brought an NFT collection, an avatar collection to us, and we uh, are help launching it on Coinbase later today. It's super cute. Uh, we have a lot of, we worked with a lot of blue chips in the past 
Um, and we're, we're really excited about this one. It's highly curated from our community. Um, it's, uh, you know, with a, with a new NFT marketplace, Coinbase is launching that. We're the third um, launch. We're the first avatar collection to launch on Coinbase. Uh, it's the first NFT collection developed by this artist during a very uh, special time of, uh, you know, him it's, uh, when he was nervous and scared and it's very topical to today's environment. Um, but things that gave him comfort and, and bringing it to the market. Um, if you check it out, it's a, it's a great story. I feel like whenever you buy an NFT that's art, you kind of, um, you emotionally connect with the artist very, very closely. So that's that's something coming online online later today in just a few hours. Yeah. And we're going to send, uh, we're going to share the link after our, you know, after our conversation so people will be able to see it in the, the body of the, on uh, description. So, um, so they, one of like, I think probably we're going to do like, one or two questions more. So, uh, info Bufus is asking, so the bull perks and Tuffy have a common goal in the crypto space. Oh, that's the question. Do bull perks and, and Tuffy have a common goal in crypto space? A partnership would be nice. Um, we haven't discussed it, so maybe we can do like a impromptu, right? Well, what is your opinion, Preston? <laughs> I, you know, listen, we're on a show together. I mean, I saw, uh, the general topics. I, I know we're in the same uh, circle. We have mutual friends uh, and, and, and people that we both respect and trust that stand for the same values. Um, so I imagine uh, there's a lot of overlap in trying to advance Web3, advance crypto. Um, uh, you know, I don't think things should be governed by sovereigns. I think things should be democratized, uh, giving access and digital ownership um, are, are values we stand for. And uh, from what I know about uh, the show and, and Constantine, like uh, it sounds like we're we're aligned in many ways. Um, but I don't I, I don't want to speak for I don't want to speak for you. I'll, I'll just speak for myself and and my company. There seems to be a good a good alignment from our perspective. Hundred percent. I think there there are different. You know what what you just described and partnerships with brands. So we might do maybe some mutual projects together in the future, like yep. mutual drops or. Uh, in other ways to collaborate uh, but that will be like not if not officially we cannot discuss it or like there's no official anything, announcement so today that will be yeah. later exactly yes maybe for the future um but it's a good uh, push and a good question so last question i think that a lot of people try to understand and we'll finish with that for today um it's just like if I think about the value creation for the owner I think it's more for utility so crypto is asking for me are these virtual avatars purely aesthetic or do they bring any value to the owner? I think he's referring to the last uh, drop in the collection you've been talking about and maybe some others if you have. Oh yeah. So um, yeah. So I'll try to be brief because I can, I can talk about this for hours uh, as, as I, I'm sure your audience now knows, unfortunately, uh, but two minutes, uh, two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So <laughs> overall, I'll just say overall what our company does, um, our software, if you put it in, uh, we build it, we make it interoperable. And so uh, if we build it in our system, uh, you can export it into all the major 3D file formats, uh, Max, Maya, Blender, Cinema 4D, um, Unity, Unreal game engines. Uh, we're also past the wall garden for a lot of games and apps, whether it's um, Roblox to Central Land. Uh, there's no walled garden there. I just didn't mean to misstate that, but some app games and apps have walled gardens. Some are more open. And we're, um, uh, we're, we're probably providing content in most of those already. So on a high level, um, you, know, uh, you know, a lot of the NFT collections we work with, we provide that utility 
and we released all the 3D files uh, for Artifact uh, CloneX with our partners there um, just on July 4th. So that's a super high level. As it relates to the Scarity Qubits collection going online at 12 noon, we do publish um, the, the current roadmap that we're committing to on the website itself. So if you go on um, the, the Coinbase NFT uh, marketplace uh, website, then you see a link to the, the homepage of, of Scarity Qubits. And you can see like we're, we're saying things like, hey, um, uh, you'll get, uh, there, there will be a giveaway of a one-of-one -one custom. Uh, there will be plushies kind of uh, as part of the roadmap. Um, we're not limited to that. We have a, a lot more capabilities. So, uh, and we always want to give value um, to holders now and in the future. Um, so there, uh, it depends on it depends on a few things, but um, there is an already an established roadmap. And I would also say we always like to surprise and delight um, holders as well. Was that two minutes or was that like ten minutes? Uh, sorry if I went too long. <laughs> Well, again, thanks for joining Bullcast again. Now we're definitely uh, willing to see you more. And please, uh, every Friday, at 3 p.m. UTC uh, on YouTube Live and other platforms. If you join from Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, uh, please join us, and we can have more and more amazing experts like uh, Preston. And uh, today, time, and hopefully, we'll partner somehow together. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Stay tuned with Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls.